Look, Major, this is Hollywood. At the end of the day, we'll be hailed as geniuses if we get this 12% right. We're going to shoot for 17%. Tom Hanks to Major Dick Winters at the premiere of the miniseries Band of Brothers in 2001. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today we're going to be looking at some historical inaccuracies in one of the greatest miniseries ever produced. There's little doubt that the 2001 HBO miniseries Band of Brothers is one of the best World War II dramas ever produced. The collaboration of Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg three years after they teamed up for Saving Private Ryan set the bar for historical television programs, a bar that few cents have managed to reach. 20 years later, it's lost none of its magic. Based on the book of the same name by Stephen E. Ambrose, the series follows the soldiers of Easy Company, 2nd Battalion, 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division, from their initial training at Camp Toccoa, Georgia in 1942, through their first jump into Normandy on D-Day, combat in France, Belgium, Holland, and Germany, up to the end of World War II. Because it's a 10-part series, we get plot and character development that would have been impossible in a feature film, even a three-hour epic. And while most of the time the series is outstanding, there are a few significant historical errors that could have easily been avoided. Now I know that there are at least a few listeners and maybe more than a few, who would qualify as bona fide World War II experts, and it's likely nothing in this article will be a surprise to you. I'll also not be delving into some of the minutia that sometimes obsesses World War II buffs, like the fact that one of the C-47 pilots on D-Day was wearing a headset that was not produced until 1975. There will always be small inaccuracies, just as there will typically be creative license taken by the filmmakers in order to tell a compelling story in the time allowed. There are, however, some errors that simply cannot be overlooked. After the first episode premiered, Major Dick Winters, one of the main characters in the series, told Tom Hanks that he wished the series had been more authentic. In the book, Conversations with Major Dick Winters, Life Lessons from the Commander of the Band of Brothers, co-written with Cole C. Kingseed, Winters recalls that he told Hanks also that he was hoping for, quote, an 80% solution, end quote. Hanks replied, quote, look, Major, this is Hollywood. At the end of the day, we'll be hailed as geniuses if we get this 12% right. We're going to shoot for 17%, end quote. They got a lot more than 17% right, but here are three things they got really wrong in the order in which they appeared in the series. And be aware, there are major spoilers here. So if you've not seen the series, stop listening, go watch it right now, and come back. Number one, Private Albert Blythe. Episode three, Carantan. The third episode shows Easy Company fighting in the Battle of Carantan in the week after D-Day. The key focus of the episode is on Private Albert Blythe, 
who suffers from shell shock and even temporary blindness before recovering and going back into action. Near the end of the episode, Private Blythe is shot in the neck by a German sniper while on patrol. Just before the credits, a statement appears on screen saying that Private Blythe died from his wounds in 1948. Except that he didn't. Now, most of what they show about Blythe throughout the episode is accurate. However, he was shot in the collarbone, not the neck. He recovered and was sent back to the United States. He remained in the Army after the war, later fought in the Korean War, and ultimately achieved the rank of Master Sergeant. He died from a perforated ulcer while serving on active duty in Germany in 1967. So how did Band of Brothers get this so wrong? Apparently, the surviving members of Easy Company never learned what happened to Blythe after he was evacuated, and all assumed he had died from his wounds. They recounted this to Stephen Ambrose when he was writing his book, and Ambrose accepted it without further research, which is a surprising fact given how well-researched the rest of the book is. When filming began on the series, the writer simply went with what was in the book. Even if he wasn't still alive in 2001 to witness this error, and what a shock that would have been to him, Albert Blythe deserved better. Number 2. First Lieutenant Norman Dyke Episode 7, The Breaking Point In the seventh episode, Easy Company is near Foy, Belgium. Their new company commander, First Lieutenant Norman Dyke, is often absent from the front, leaving the men to go on long, solitary walks or make phone calls at the battalion headquarters. During the assault on Foy, Dyke panics under the pressure, freezes up, and gets several men killed through his indecision and poor leadership. He's relieved by Lieutenant Spears, and while not shown, it is implied that Dyke ultimately died from a wound suffered during the assault. Except, again, no. Lieutenant Dyke did not die at Foy. He recovered and became an aide to General Maxwell Taylor. Like Albert Blythe, he also served in Korea and reached the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. After the Army, he earned a law degree and died in Switzerland in 1989. Also like Blythe, well before the Booker series were released. Even worse, unlike the on-screen character, the real Norman Dyke was no bumbling coward. He was awarded two bronze stars, one for heroic action in Holland, and the other for personally rescuing three wounded soldiers under enemy fire at Bastogne. The only reason I can think of for such an inaccurate portrayal of Lieutenant Dyke, besides another case of poor research, is that his supposed cowardice and incompetence made Lieutenant Spears, the man who relieved him in the episode, look like a superhero by comparison. As I said, films will take creative license to advance the story, but if that's what was done here, the filmmakers were just wrong. Number 3. Hitler's Suicide Episode 9. Why We Fight The final error I will point out is, quite honestly, the most egregious and inexcusable. This one's not a case of faulty memories of soldiers 50 years after the events, or even making changes to advance the story. This is flat-out lazy proofreading. The ninth episode opens with a title card that reads, April 11, 1945, Thalem, Germany. Several of the men of Easy Company sit on the second floor of a bombed-out building, looking down on the town square as a string quartet of German civilians plays, while others sift through the rubble. We then flash back to earlier events, including the discovery of Jewish survivors in a nearby concentration camp, 
At the end of the episode, we return to the men overlooking the string quartet, at which point Captain Louis Nixon informs them that Hitler has committed suicide in Berlin. Now, if you're a World War II buff, or even if you simply paid attention during American history class in high school, you should be scratching your head right now. Because unless those men sat watching that string quartet for 19 days, you know that the opening title card was as wrong as wrong could be. Hitler committed suicide on April 30th, 1945, not April 11th. In the list of crucial dates of World War II, this would be akin to saying the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor on November 18th, 1941, or that D-Day happened on May 18th, 1944. It's just not something a major production should get wrong. What is even more maddening is that if you watch episode 9 of Band of Brothers on HBO Max now, as I did just the other night, the date is still wrong. They did not correct it after the series first aired in 2001, or when it was released on home video, or obviously when it began streaming on HBO Max. If George Lucas can edit Star Wars so that poor Greedo shoots first, surely Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg can have an intern edit one number on a title card. Let me close by saying again that Band of Brothers is one of the best television miniseries ever made. And even that last error doesn't change that. If you've never seen it, you need to. Actually, you should have before continuing to listen to this. I did warn you. If you have seen it, watch it again. It's just as good the second time around. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll go a long way towards helping us create more episodes and hopefully becoming completely ad-free. Thanks a lot.